And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are live from the bunker. My name is Jason Hunt. I am the editor here at SciFiForMe.com, where I have actually started working on my review for Madeline's. I'm a couple of paragraphs in, so I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm making progress. Uh. I am tired, though. There's a lot of stuff going on around here. We've been running errands. We've been doing some landscaping at the compound. Planting, planting tomatoes. And then, and then scouring the internet for the various different stories and topics that we cover here and and last night i gotta say last night uh was was nice because we didn't run any errands Mindy and i actually had a date and we went to eat and we didn't talk shop and much but here we go uh back at it uh once again and uh we are broadcasting live to Odyssey, Facebook, and YouTube. And those of you who are with us live, uh, you are welcome to jump in the chat and share your thoughts as we go along today. If you're not with us live, you can always leave us a comment. Send us an email, live from the bunker at sci-fi-for-me.com. And, uh, of course, this show is available on various different podcast platforms, so you can check us out there. All you got to do is just do a search for sci fi for me and we'll pop up. So there we are. Um, and I don't know if anybody can notice or not. And my glasses maybe hide this a little bit, but uh, you may you may see my left eye is kind of kind of squinty a little bit this week. Turns out I'm not exactly how uh, I'm not exactly sure how that happened, but apparently I have. Something I have a a, a sty under my eyelid, so it's very 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 irritating, <clears throat> which doesn't help my mood. And and then I get an email with a notification of of something that I saw coming from a very 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 long time ago, and. I'm frustrated to be right. I knew this was coming. A lot of people predicted that something like this particular thing was coming, but the concept of it has been out there for a while, and it's actually been out there longer than people might realize. But uh, the Hollywood Reporter Heat Vision blog has this story that dropped this morning. And I see uh, I see Keely in the chat. I see 
Mazerus there. I see Sci-Fi Snob. So I, I get this, we get this, uh, this note drop. The headline from the Heat Vision blog, Stan Lee returns to Marvel Studios with Genius Brands POW Entertainment licensing deal. We knew this was coming. From the article. Call it Stan Lee Homecoming. See, they're trying to be clever here. In a unique deal, Stan Lee, the beloved co-creator of Spider-Man, Avengers, and Hulk, who died in 2018, is returning to Marvel Studios. I'm going to skip the grammatical structure of that sentence because this says that the Hulk died in 2018. Marvel has signed a 20-year deal with Stan Lee Universe, a venture between Genius Brands International and POW Entertainment, to license the name and likeness of Lee for use in future feature films and television productions, as well as Disney theme parks, various experiences, and merchandising. Andy Hayward, chairman and CEO of Genius Brands, here quoting, uh, It really ensures that Stan, through digital technology and archival footage and other forms, will live in the most important venue, the Marvel movies and Disney theme parks. He says it's a broad deal. Uh, okay. So, it was inevitable that something like this would happen. Not just because it's Stan Lee, and a lot of people are sitting there saying, well, you know, Stan Lee, Stan Lee is the face of Marvel. And everybody was like, well, what are we going to do after, after he died? People were talking, you know, they were lamenting the fact that we weren't going to get any more cameos. We're boo-hooing about Stan Lee cameos. And, and set aside the whole, you know, now that he's dead, we can accuse him of being a racist, homophobe, bigot, whatever, because that's the typical Twitter process, right? Somebody dies and you jump all over him and, and level all of these accusations that no, you can't defend himself against. But that aside... We kind of we kind of saw the writing on the wall. What are we going to do? We don't have Stan Lee. Well, we do. Rogue One actually kind of gave us the window on this when they brought back Carrie Fisher and Peter Cushing as Princess Leia and Grand Moff Tarkin. Especially with the Tarkin stuff, uh, the face replacement and whatnot, we saw then the technology being used, and and we've got 70-year-old Mark Hamill playing 30-year-old Luke Skywalker using the same kind of technology, this face replacement, face swap, face app, whatever thing is. John Favreau, in an interview where they were talking about this kind of a technology, he actually acknowledges the danger of this. And I've talked about it here before, where we, where we have this technology that pretty much in, in the same vein as the Genesis torpedo, 
You know, to quote David Marcus, we are dealing with something that could be perverted into a dreadful weapon. And I don't know that a weapon is quite what I would describe this, but if you've got, in the spirit of yogurt, uh, merchandising, and you've got uh, the exploitation of people after they're dead, it's a little, it's a little creepy. I see Yule in the chat. Manny, uh, good to see you. Just joined. What did I miss? Not, you haven't missed much. We're just now getting into our topic. We were talking about the resurrection of Stan Lee by Marvel Studios. On the one hand, as a fan, I can sit there and I can say, okay, well, I can appreciate people wanting to see the Stan Lee cameo. It's become such a staple in Marvel productions. On the other hand, leave him be. This is one of those things where some people are going to think that it's a great idea, others not so much. There was and and, and I want to take you back because some people are not maybe not aware some of you probably weren't around back in the day but this this goes back quite a ways this is not a new idea and rogue one was not the first to do it using that particular technology is is a newish thing but having Having dead performers, dead entertainers show up in new things is not a new thing. And I give Marvel the benefit of the doubt that they'll probably treat this with the respect that you would expect because it's the Stanley cameo and and for the most part the Stanley cameos were were, you know, innocuous and, and didn't put him in a in a bad light, but you have that potential now. There is the potential for mockery. There's a potential for this to turn into self-parody, although Stan Lee never really made fun of himself. I mean, he had fun. And the Stan Lee Excelsior Everybody Loves Comics persona was a persona. I mean, Stan Lee had a presentation. Stan Lee was very much a character created like everything else. I just don't think that this is going to go well. And not because they can't do it, technically, they can't. I mean, they've got the technology to do it, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell much uh, unless you're using the CGI team that's, that's doing She-Hulk. But I, I have a theory on the She-Hulk thing. I think 
People are talking about how bad the She-Hulk CGI is. I think it's on purpose the way it looks the way it does because there's an opportunity there to break the fourth wall John Byrne style Peter David style I think give it give it time let's see what they're doing with that Yule says Stan Lee was Stan Lee's greatest creation best creation um, yeah, well, you know, and, and, you know, he was, he, it was a character, you know, he was, he was, he was on, he was portraying, um, and, and yes, he was a, he was a very enthusiastic cheerleader for comics, he was a guy who said there, we love comics, I love to read comics, I love to write comics, very much like Peter Samedi does now for Alterna Comics, you know, I just want to talk comics, I just want to, I just want to encourage people to read comics, you know, nothing... Nothing political, nothing ideological, just, you know, let's just talk comic books. He was very enthusiastic about encouraging people to engage in the medium. That's his job. But it's also something he enjoyed doing, getting out and interacting with people and, and, and talking about comics and, and promoting comics and whatnot. So it's... On the one hand, it's understandable that Marvel would want to keep Stan Lee's face out there because Stan Lee has been the face of Marvel Comics forever. And 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 given the choice between Stan Lee or C.B. Sabolsky or Joe Quesada or Brian Michael Bendis or Sana Anamot, Aminot, whatever her name is, if if it's if it's a choice between any of those, I'm I'm going to prefer Stan Lee as the face of the company. Alex, if you were join us, I heard someone mention Pete. I have arrived. <laughs> Pete's a good guy. Uh, if if you have not checked out his uh, the Alterna Comics YouTube channel, I I highly recommend it. So go go check it out. And I think Peter I think Peter has his own channel as well too. But this is not anything new, and the controversy that surrounds it also not anything new. I want to I want to take you back in the wayback machine. All the way back to 1991. 1991 was a, a, a moon or two ago. And some, some of you were probably around then, some of you not. But I wanted to take you back to an advertisement from 1991... Featuring Elton John. Elton John pitching Diet Coke with the likes of Humphrey Bogart and Louis Armstrong and Jimmy Cagney. This was the first of these. And this commercial for Diet Coke engaged the images... From uh, different movies, 
so that you could put Humphrey Bogart and Louis Armstrong and James Cagney into a TV commercial for Diet Coke. Now, this doesn't use the face swap, the face replacement. This just takes existing footage from other films and repurposes them for the commercial. And at the time, it was one of these things like, how can they do that? Why, why would they do that? My question, I mean, I was this was 1991. I was 21 at the time. And I looked at this and I thought, this is bad. This is a very bad idea. Because slippery slope being what it is. And then we had, uh, a little bit later, we had a, a Coors Light commercial that featured, well, turn that in, featured John Wayne as a military guy, the general. It was his Coors Light. And, you know, it's the same kind of thing. They're taking existing footage and they're putting it into these commercials. Hawking products using dead people. And then there was this other one here from Dirt, Dirt Devil with Fred Astaire. Dancing with a Dirt Devil broom. At the time, we looked at all of this and said, this is kind of, this is kind of creepy. Why would you do this sort of thing? It hasn't gotten any better. The technology has gotten better, but the ethics behind it haven't. Yeah, what about says, I can only imagine what they'll have Stan endorsing. I'm, I'm hoping that the deal is structured such that it only means cameo and, you know, Stan, Stan as the face of Marvel. Maybe they do a plush doll. Maybe they do a Funko Pop or something. But you don't need a deal with Marvel to do that. I'm hoping that it's a limited thing. I don't know. Uh, Robert says there was a duet. Uh, a, a woman or father. Yes, that was Natalie Cole and Nat King Cole singing Unforgettable together. And it actually was really cool. Because the because it basically takes his his version of the song and mixes her into it, so now they're doing it as a duet, and it was it was pretty cool tribute uh, to to her father that way. Um, and and that falls under the that that falls under the category of of recording a cover. Bands do cover songs all the time. You know, you've got. Uh, especially when you have local bands that are based on you have the the tribute bands, the Kiss and and Van Halen and 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 uh, Pink Floyd tribute bands that are that are performing those songs, and that's a little bit different, but. It could, you know, you could go, you could go in those in in a in a bad direction with that, 
if it becomes exploitive, if you if if you're doing it for crass commercial reasons. I want to say that there was an anniversary around tied to that when they did that song. I, I don't remember. I think it was maybe an anniversary of the song's original release and they did that as a tribute. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. It's been a day or two since then. Sci-Fi Snob's got a good question here. These are all from the 90s. Why are there no recent examples? Because no one likes it. Well, that that's part of it. There was a there was a controversy. There was one that uh, that involved Chris Farley, and um, what's his name? Da- David Spade. There was a there was a, a commercial, and I don't remember what it was for, but it was it it used Farley from, and they did a, a Tommy Boy type of thing and Spade said that the family saw it as a fun tribute to how funny Chris Farley was and the 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 question becomes you know the ethics of it becomes okay well if if the family's okay with it if the estate is okay with it shouldn't we be okay with it because the family doesn't have a problem with it why should we well, the family doesn't have a problem with it because they're getting money. We're not getting money. All we see from the outside looking in is exploitation of someone who no longer can speak for himself or herself. You know, you can't ask Marilyn Monroe for permission to put her into a new production. You can't, I mean, look at how much, how much controversy and discussion there was about Carrie Fisher's appearance in, in uh, the rise of Skywalker. How are you going to do that? Why would you do that? How are you going to do that and not make it creepy? How will you do that and still respect both the character she's playing and Carrie herself? And yeah, I know her family was involved. And they're using stuff that they had already shot and repurposing and, and doing that kind of thing. But the, the digital face replacement in Rogue One, that was the kind of stuff that we're talking about here. Peter Cushing's estate, they had to sign off on that for, for Tarkin to appear in Rogue One. And when these commercials came out back in the 90s, I said, one of these days, one of these days... The, 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 the technology will be such, and, and yeah, um, I don't know who, who said it in the chat, but, uh, um, some, some of this, you're going to start seeing dead people appearing in new productions, and it's not going to be existing footage that's been repurposed. They're going to take... They're gonna take uh, who 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 would who would you do? Um, let's put Spencer Tracy in the Chinatown pre uh, prequel, right? Can I, can I throw something you want to throw something in there? Do you like 
Real fast. Mrs. Boss has a thought. Okay. Let me see. Was your is your camera on? Oh, my camera doesn't have to be on. Why not? Because. Oh, whatever. Whatever. No, I was just saying that with what they're doing on this, they had a tour where um, Tupac Shakur. Oh yeah. Showed up. Well, and, and was performing. Didn't they do it with Prince? Um, I believe they have done it with Prince. I mean, I know Michael it's Jackson. always been a thing with the gorillas because, first of all, the gorillas it, are a completely animated band, mm -hmm. the face of the band, you know. But no, they actually did it with Tupac. And well, this holographic Prince. stuff, and you know, and and that's kind of that's kind of a similar thing to what you're talking about with with Natalie Cole and Nat King Cole, where you take the you take an existing performance. And you incorporate it into a new a new thing, but I just don't see that this is a very good thing to be doing. And, and yeah, snob, you're right. In the future, actors won't exist; they'll all be AI operated and owned by the corporations. I'm going to put into my I'm going to put into my will that my likeness cannot be used for anything. After I'm dead. <laughs> just Mrs. Boss, make a note. You cannot exploit my likeness to sell beer or potatoes or whatever else. Um, when I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm gone. Yeah, right, right, right. The get off my lawn type. Sure. Okay, fine. Whatever. I don't know. I just it's this just seems this just seems really, really, really this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. And you look at something like Star Trek, for example, or you look at Star Wars. It, well, I mean, uh, Star Wars. There's a there's this piece that came out. This revisionist history piece that came out in Vanity Fair yesterday, day before. And and in that piece, Kathleen Kennedy <coughs> acknowledges. That it might be a bad idea to recast legacy characters because of the failure of Solo. Failure of Solo doesn't have to do with the casting of Alden Ehrenreich. It's, that's a little that's a little niggly part of it. But Solo failed because one, nobody wanted it. Two, it told an, a negligible kind of dumb story three didn't respect the fans the filmmakers coming out saying you 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 know wiggling you know wagging your finger at us and and four you have the last jedi that came out six months before and and ticked off half of fandom who said i'm done i'm not going to give disney star wars any more of my money that's why Solo failed. Solo didn't fail because you're recasting Han Solo. That was just a little piece of it. Because you've recast Obi-Wan Kenobi with Ewan McGregor and you're moving forward with new material with Ewan McGregor playing a character that was originally played by Alec Guinness. So that, that doesn't wash. But if they sit there and say, okay, well, we can't recast these characters, but we can put their faces on other actors' bodies and we can keep going. 
all of the dialogue from Luke Skywalker in some of the in, in the material that we've seen so far now with Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, all of that dialogue is fake. All of that dialogue is generated by an artificial intelligence-driven voice. <clears throat> so you can put somebody's face on something, you can put somebody's voice into something, and you have brand new material that you can control using artificial intelligence. This is a bad idea. And Favreau was right. There is a huge danger to this. In that, if you wanted to, you could fake somebody saying something very, very, very damaging. And how does anybody know that it's fake? I mean, it would be an extension of taking Photoshop and creating these fake tweets and saying, look at what this person posted. Well, how, do you, how, how can you prove that it's fake? There are certain markers and certain experts can take a look at those markers. And there are artifacts and sometimes you can look at that. You can dig into the metadata. But regular normal people are not going to go through all that kind of trouble. So if suddenly we get a clip somewhere of, of Elon Musk saying that he loves to drink soy milk and... and rub parsley all over his head. Who's to say? I just... I think this is a bad idea. Nobody's asked me. But... Uh, I... Jack says, the failure of Solo was the fault of The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi killed my love of Star Wars, and I have moved on. 30 years of love killed by one film and one blasphemous company with mouse ears. Disney hasn't learned very much. And I don't think that they're going to. And I think Bob Chapek is fighting an uphill battle, and I don't know that he's going to win. I don't know that Bob Chapek is going to survive this, either. And... Yeah, the the copyright stuff too. Um, you know that would be that's also going to be a thing that you're going to have to look at because uh, you know how do you how do you control all of that? How do you how do you incorporate that into your contracts for your likenesses and what what exploitation is going to be allowed after you're dead and for how long and by whom? Who's allowed to give permission for your likeness to be used? All of this stuff is going to have to be rethought. All right. When we get back, somebody else is coming back from the dead. And this might, might not go well either. Stand by. Live from the bunker, the radio show that's almost as good as bacon. That's a really good question. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a great question. That's a good question. That's a good question. But that's a really good question. That's a great question. When you need to know, count on Sci-Fi for me to be there asking all of the questions. That's been the question I've been asking myself quite a lot. That's a tough question. This is a rough question. That is a that that is a deep question. Bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Sci-Fi for me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Back live from the bunker. <laughs> Keely's got a, a thought here. As a fan of both the Dallas Cowboys and Star Wars, The Last Jedi disappointed me more than the Cowboys ever could. Mrs. Boss is a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I have no comment. To me, the Dallas Cowboys ended with the firing of Tom Landry. So I, I have not paid attention to the Dallas Cowboys for years. Um, I, I grew up with the Cowboys. My dad worked across the street from, uh, from Texas Stadium. So, you know, a little bit of my heart died the day they imploded Texas Stadium. That just, you know... That killed me a little bit inside. Now, okay, we're talking about bringing people back. This this person is not dead, but his career has been missing in action, shall we say? I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because I think this is something that Mr. Harvey and I need to actually spend an hour on because we have talked about this guy for for a time or two, for a minute or two. And with the Cannes Film Festival coming up, his name has resurfaced. I'm not sure what I think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Uwe Boll is back. <laughs> oh, my. This is a headline from The Hollywood Reporter. Cannes, Uwe Boll plans returning to filmmaking with Ness. Oh, there's there's so many things. There's so many thoughts. There's so many directions you could go with this. Um, so, yeah, Uwe Boll, German film director, notorious for making bad films. And you talk about exploitive. I mean, his, his film... It, and, look, everybody knows what kind of films Uwe Boll makes. He is not... He is not creating high art by any stretch of the imagination he knows it we all know it everybody knows it he's coming back with a movie called Ness which is a, a story about Elliot Ness it's based on a true story it's not going to be the Al Capone case it's a case known as the Butcher of Kingsbury Run uh, which took place in Cleveland and it was later on in uh, Elliot Ness's career, and so they're taking this story and they're going to make a movie out of it. It's a $25 million budget. Whitney Scott Bain writing the screenplay. Bull plans to direct and produce through his event film shingle with Michael Resch, executive producing. Bull says he's currently casting the film. Plans to begin principal photography in 2023. Uh, 
I have sent this to Mr. Harvey, and I've said maybe we ought to talk about this on Monday because, uh, oh, uh, those those of you who are not familiar with the career of Uwe Boll, it is uh, it is a story, and I'm not going to I'm not going to get too deep into it today because I I want to save it. I want I want I want. I want Tim to have some thoughts on this too, because Tim has some thoughts on Uwe Boll. I don't know. I don't know. Snob says they should hire him for Disney Plus Marvel. <laughs> you know, Uwe Boll is one of those filmmakers where if you had, uh, if you had, if you had dead actors and you were going to bring them back in some kind of a weird tasteless exploitive yeah Uwe Boll would probably be the one to to do that kind of thing I just you know I don't know I it makes me think now just even talking about that it makes me think about this movie Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid which did the same kind of thing on a feature film level. It was Steve Martin as a private investigator and utilized a lot of footage from old film noir films to tell a new story, creating this whole thing. I mean, Cagney and Fred McMurray and and uh, uh, everybody, Barbara Stanwyck and and and. <sighs> that whole set from the from the from the forties, you know, Bogart and and Cagney and Jimmy Stewart and and Donna Reed. You know, it just it just all sorts of different people showed up in that thing. And it was it was carefully crafted and it was one of these things where it 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 created this new story. And of course everybody every you know, all the licensing and all the clearances and everything. But it was a unique thing. It was it was a thing that was clearly a one-off, and it was a, it was a tribute, it was a salute to that era of filmmaking. It wasn't meant to be a new thing. It's kind of like when you look at uh, uh, the Dark Knight Returns or Watchmen or The Killing Joke. That those those were one-offs. They were not designed. They were not intended to change an entire industry like they did. So, eh, I don't know. Uh, Cam1138 shows up, says, Missing a lot of shows, have to catch up, best wishes. Uh, all right, Cam, it's good to see you here. We'll catch you in the replay. Uh, Snob says, Uwe Boll's best known for video game adaptations. He should do the Minecraft movie. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Boll's kind of a blockhead. Maybe. I just I I just think that this whole thing with the Stanley thing is just a bad idea. I I, I don't I don't see it. Some of it will be fine. Some of it will be the usual type of things with, you know, the cameos and the Excelsior and whatever. But some of it I don't know. I don't know if he shows up on a cereal box or he shows up on a on a on a bottle of syrup or something. I that's that's a that's a bridge too far for me. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how it goes. I I mean, there's nothing you can do about it except 
like I've said before, vote with your dollars. If you've decided, you know, if you decide this is not something that you want to participate in, this is something you don't want to support, then don't give them your money. That's the that's the bottom line here is they do things and we complain about them and we we criticize and we kind of look sideways at them but if we continue to give them our money nothing's going to change and you can sign a petition with four million other people to have Amber Heard removed from Aquaman 2. It doesn't mean it's going to happen because people are still going to go see Aquaman 2 and they're going to pay money to see it and it's probably going to do a billion dollars and Warner Brothers doesn't care. They might. David Zaslav might care. Warner Media Discovery might care now. So you might affect change. But for the most part, by and large, these companies, these corporations, they don't care about you. They care about your money. They don't care about you. And hopefully, we won't get to a point where we realize they don't care about Stan. Because they don't. Marvel doesn't care about Stan Lee. They will exploit his likeness. And we got 20 years of it. It's not to say they're going to do it all the time, everywhere, for everything, but 20-year deal where they can they can exploit the likeness of Stan Lee. And, and Keeley suggests Marvel could have Stan show up in some of the video games. That, that could be part of the plan. I mean, he can show up anywhere now because they're talking about his digital likeness. So we're talking about somebody standing in for Stan and doing the lines, if he's got lines, and then they put Stan Lee's face on the face of this actor using using the digital replacement technology, and Stan Lee will live forever. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. We'll see. I mentioned the Vanity, Vanity Fair piece. I am going to, to uh, I am going to address it. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to talk about it little bit probably tomorrow maybe we'll see uh and at some point we need to bring back the ranker pit our star wars discussion program so if any of you are out there and you're big star wars fans or you have been and if you want to be uh, a participant somehow or if you know people who say hey it'd be really cool to get this person on your show send us a note let us know uh, Keely says, remember when six Marvel guys left Marvel to start Image Comics? Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I will, and, and I know, Keely, you're, you're familiar with this, but I will direct everyone's attention to the Comicsgate movement. There is a big, not just Comicsgate, but there is a big indie creator movement afoot that's been going on now for five, six years uh, you've got, you know, Billy Tucci, and you've got, uh, you've got Ethan, and you've got uh, Malin, and you've got Dale Keown, you've got um, uh, Sean Murphy, so, you know, Scott Snyder, and all these guys have gone over to, uh, have gone over to Substack, and you've got the Kickstarter stuff, the Indiegogo stuff, not just comics get creators, but there are a lot of people that are realizing that indie creation is the way to go, and... 
We control the vertical. We control the horizontal on our own intellectual property. And you, you don't get exploitation out the wazoo by a big, giant, unfeeling, uncaring corporation that's only looking at money. So, will there be another Image Comics startup like that? I don't think so. I think you've got stuff like what's going on at Substack, stuff that's going on over at Kickstarter and Indiegogo, the various different crowdfunding sites, Patreon, and uh, and a couple of other places. And that's going to be the that's going to be the new indie model for a while, at least. So I don't know because we're not getting comic books back in the in the convenience stores and the gas stations and the newsstand or anything. That's gone. Those those days are over, which is a shame too because that's how you find new readers. Is you get you get out there where they are, but that's neither here nor there. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Don't forget we are on all the different social medias. There's ten different social media platforms where you can find us. We have a newsletter you can sign up for if you want to support us financially. We do have a tip jar, and you always can uh, send us a super chat if you're on if you're on uh, if you're on YouTube. And we will be back to do it all again probably tomorrow. So far, I don't have anything requiring my attention elsewhere. So the plan is to be here tomorrow. I may have a work thing coming up later, but I don't, I don't, I think it's Friday. So anyway, there we are for that. Thanks very much for being here, folks. Vote with your dollars. Tell them what you like. Tell them what you don't like. Remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. 